Welcome to Fearless Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 229. I'm still nope. in shock. 2.30. Is it 2.30? Yeah. Seriously? It's 2.30. How am I? Come on now. Yeah. Okay, I'm looking this up. I'm verifying. We just did 2.28 update episode. 2.29 was our... Uh, it's not on Anchor at the moment, but... Uh, Oh, that's right. We did our uh, we e- did our eBay. reaction video. Yeah, our eBay sellers man reaction. We're just One, two, we're just cranking out episodes that I can't even keep track. That's right. So now speaking of cranking out episodes, we're doing some changes here, huh? Yeah. So we've talked a lot about <clears throat> wanting to do more content and trying to to provide more value. And uh, we love our long form podcast. We think it's a cornerstone of who we are as Purisal Podcast, especially the update episodes. I mean, those they're so pivotal to to just our our dna but we do so we love doing those and we want to keep doing these and doing them even better adding more segments to them making them better Uh, but we decided you know what uh let's uh let's let's go crazy and let's just start (laughs) pumping out content on youtube right because you need to give youtube a little bit of love we have a lot more new subscribers over the last past month and that's right we got people coming over and um you know there's i definitely think there's a place for um, like our our level up reviews and all those things. And maybe we start adding little bits of that to update and and maybe have other segments, or maybe even shorter podcasts throughout the, the week. We so we're not know. done with them. No. We're just taking a temporary hiatus. Yeah. So for the month of March, we're gonna try this. We're gonna we're gonna try and produce more content on YouTube. We're gonna keep our our Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it is, Wednesday probably. So our midweek podcast is gonna be coming out every week. And it's going to be the same content you love and our long form stuff. And then check us out on YouTube. If you're not subscribed to us on YouTube yet, get subscribed because we are going to be pumping out more content, uh, lots of videos, and we would love to get ideas from you. So if you're watching on YouTube right now, let us know in the comments, what kind of videos do you want to see? Do you want to see what sold? Do you want to see us at garage sales, at thrift stores? Do you want to see us researching new stuff? Do you want to see shipping strategies? Like what are, what are the things you want us to see? And we will... Uh, do our best to create that kind of content because the, you know that's why we're doing this is to to make stuff that you'll love. So uh, at least probably two additional episodes on YouTube every single week. That's a that, that's mad. That's work. Well, it is. It's, it's probably more work than dropping a podcast. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Right. So because the, the editing is what, what just kills it. It's the editing. But so shout out to all the people that drop YouTube. We totally get it. But there's work on podcasts too. Don't get it wrong. Mike does a lot of work editing. So. Don't get it twisted. That's right. All right. Now we're we talking about. This? Okay. Everybody's like enough. All right. But thank you to all of you that support us. Really appreciate it. So show us some love on YouTube. If you've only been on the podcast side. All right. So we've been just kind of, you know, thrift stores have been kind of rough, right? That's an understatement. And for a long time. And I can't think of the last time we talked about how to strategically source at a thrift store. I mean, it's been, it's been a minute. It's true. I mean, I, I do remember the we're done with thrift stores episode. I do remember that thrift stores are insane episode. And, you know, recently I've been having some luck at thrift stores. Now, I don't call it luck. I, I don't believe in luck in reselling, except every once in a while you do come up with something and you're like, I never knew I would come across this, but it's a result of your consistency. Right. So still luck doesn't play a part. And I thought, you know what? Why don't we do an episode about winning at thrift stores? Because I've been winning at thrift stores in this past two weeks. And I think part of it is due to one, things are getting restocked. And two, I've changed my strategy. And so it's completely, you know, 
I don't know, turning the tables on, on what I do at thrift stores. Now it's not completely different, but there's been a lot of positive change. So I've been able to source effectively at thrift stores again. So I, the title of this is you can still win at thrift stores and Mike's going to change it to a more, I would say not clickbaity, but a better title. Yeah. Well, the way you read that, was there a question mark at the end? I don't know. I, don't know. I heard a question mark in the. <laughs> no, no. This is you can win at thrift okay. stores. Right. You, can you can still win. Thrift store. It's possible. It's doable. That's right. How All right. Do so I broke it up into three things. We're going to talk about consistency, which is an obvious sourcing strategically and outside the box thinking. Okay. So I want to start with consistency. Now you had mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, and. It made me, it made me think about, you know, I got the, the, my wheels turning about, you know, why, why don't people have success when they just go to a thrift store every once in a while? Right. And what what has been your experience lately? You've been trying to hit a couple of thrifts and what's been happening. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like anything. If, if you're not just like a garage sale, if you go to one garage sale in a week, you, you know, you've got whatever the odds are of it being a success, right? So maybe one in five garage sales is a success. If you go to one, it might take you five weeks before you get that success, right? Yeah. But if you go to 10 garage sales in that same week or in that same you know day, then you've got two successes, right? So it's just a numbers game, really. If, if you're walking into a thrift store and you go to one thrift store and that's the only thrift store you go to, it might be a great day, but if it ends up being a flop and you get a couple of those in a row, then it, you just have that uh, kind of that sinking feeling of like, what's the point? This is a waste of time. And, and it's harder to keep going, but it's, it really is a numbers game. The more you're in there, the more, the more chances you have at success. Yeah. And so when it comes to, let's say you want to go from part-time to full-time or you want to up your part-time game, you have to be out there a lot. <laughs> some of you may be able to, like, I know some people that go just to the bins. So we're not talking about the bins. We're talking about thrift stores. We're talking about going into stores where stuff has already been pre-selected and put out on the racks or the shelves or whatever you want to call it. And this is why you have to be out there consistently. Now, when I mean consistently, I don't mean like, hey, I'm going to go, you know, on the way home from work, you know, every once in a while or, you know, when I'm running errands, I'm going to stop in. No, I'm talking about having a consistent plan throughout the week that, hey, on Monday, I'm going to hit these two. On Tuesday, I'm going to hit these two. It doesn't have to be every day, but I'm just throwing something out there. On Friday, I'm going to hit these stores and you have to hit stores consistently. And this is why. One is you begin to develop and pick up patterns of what's being stocked in those stores. So you begin to find out, okay, if I go to this store, these are the kind of items that are being stocked on Mondays. These are what are being stocked on Friday. Not saying that they work like a big box store or anything, but certain thrift stores get shipments at different times, right? So you begin to develop, okay, if I go to this store on Wednesday, it's probably a bad day to go. It's probably better to go on the weekend. So for example, I go to this one really nice thrift store that I get a lot of goods for. And I know that the weekends, they have major sales, but they're also the worst days to go because they don't get any trucks that they unload. But I do know the middle of the week is a great time because they get trucks on Monday and Tuesday. And by the middle of the week, their store is full of merchandise because they've had plenty of time to process those goods. The only way I was able to know that was I actually went to the store and I'm a full-time guy. I went to the store every day of the week for an entire two weeks 
And it took a little bit of driving, but I was like, I, I need to find out because I come to sort on some days on the weekend and it's horrible. I go to Wednesdays. Sometimes it's good. I go to Thursdays. It's okay. But since they have a sale on a certain tag, a lot of this other inventory is out and this other inventory is available. So as a result of me testing it out and being out there, I, I finally figured the store out. And now I know what time actually I, I got it down to what times of the day to go. I know not to go when it opens on certain days and I know to go right before it closes on certain days. And the only way you're able to figure that out is by being consistently out there. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's good. And it sounds intense. I mean, again, I say this is if you're, if you want to level up your part-time or if you're going full-time and you, you are going to depend on thrift stores, you need, you just need to be out there. And like you said, it is, it is a numbers game. I remember, um, it's a numbers game and it's a knowledge game because if you're brand new and you're just going to thrift stores and thrift stores and thrift stores, but you're not spending the time to, you know, listen to podcasts, watch YouTube, do your own research, you're going to get discouraged really quick. You're going to hit, you know, 10 to 20 stores in a week and you're going to come back home and you go, I can't find anything. And I've done that before. I've shared many times when I was part-time as, as a teacher, I would take my Christmas break in my summer and I would spend time just sourcing, but I really wasn't doing a lot of researching and I would find that I have hours of wasted time and I would just burn out real quick. And I don't want that happening to people. So you need to be out there. You need to figure out when sales days are actually even knowing when certain managers are on duty. Like that helps out. Have you been able to work any deals with managers in the last few years? Um, I mean, there've been a couple who, you know, are definitely, uh, the better ones I could tell when I walk into a store, <laughs> yeah. like, whether it's manager or, or even employees, right. Sometimes yeah. employees are going to be a little bit easier, uh, as far as, you know, this item doesn't have a tag on it, you know, but they're like, well, it's in this department. So it costs this much. Whereas you get another employee and they're like, there's no tag on this. I can't sell it to you. And it's like, well, I, I didn't take the tag off of it. I really <laughs> want this thing. And like, you know, I, I, I'd probably be willing to pay more than you're going to price it right now. So, uh, and so, yeah, you can kind of get to, to, to know who the right employees are, who the right managers are, who are going to be the people who are going to work with you. And again, you only know that by being in there, right? The more you're in a store, um, you, de you develop, you know, I don't want to say friendships, but you develop, you know, a, a working relationship with people. But people are willing to help you yeah, out, they right? They recognize you. They see you, especially if you, you know, you're using some of those strategies we've talked about and how to win friends and influence people. And Chris Voss's uh, negotiating book, Never Split the Difference. When you start to utilize those tactics and how, how you're talking to people, how you're relating with people, uh, those relationships are going to build over time. And you'd be surprised if there was times where it's like I would go into a thrift store every day for a couple of weeks. And you start to get to know some people and there's like better, friendlier smiles and waves. And then you don't go for a month or two to that thrift store and you come back and the person acts like they've never seen you before. Yeah. Right? So yeah. It, they see a lot of people. And so, um, you know, maybe I'm just forgettable. But yeah, you've got to be consistent in there. And again, if it's if it's a if it's a dead store that's overpriced on pretty much everything and almost every thrift store is going to have a weakness or two. But if, if it just doesn't seem like there's enough weaknesses to justify it, maybe don't waste your time there and go get to know another store. Yeah, I agreed, agreed. And definitely gonna I want to touch on that a little bit because I've come to the conclusion of certain stores, I just don't go for certain items. So that's another thing. If you're out there and employees see you there consistently, they know you're a reseller. And and most, you know, it's kind of one of those things that people want to be recognized. In the sense that if you're helping somebody out, people like you saying, hey, thanks so much for pointing it out. Really appreciate it. And so I'm just going to jump to that point right now. I had a point about being consistently friendly. Like 
So being consistently out there isn't just a benefit because you get to see what patterns stores have as far as stocking and what goods are in those stores or when sales are, but it also provides a sense of consistency with employees in the store. So, you know, the store that that's nearby where Mike and I, uh, you know, in our area, like if I'm not there, they, they know I'm not there. Like I'll show up, like I've, I've only been going to that store maybe once a month now because it's really gone down and, and the people are awesome. Just the inventory has gone down and prices have gone up. So it's not worth my time. But when I'm walking, they're like, Hey, Orlando, it's been so long. How, how's things? How's your kids? How's this? Blah, 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 blah. And people notice. And then they go, you know what? You know, I, we've noticed lately that these things have been coming in or, Hey, Orlando, come check this out. And I get that every single time I'm there. Right. And so you got to know. And what happens too is when you're consistently friendly you know, they begin to share with other employees in the store, like, hey, if this guy with the huge goatee comes in, like, hey, help him out. He's a, he's one of our one of our helpers. It's one of the reasons I like my goatee. Some people have told me to cut it. Many people have told me to cut it, but it's it's a it's a good and bad. Retail arbitrage is bad because loss prevention sees me and they're like, don't sell it to this guy. He's gonna buy out the shelf. Thrift stores though, they're like, hey, this guy like likes to do. But actually, I have a Marshall I go to, and there's a lady that goes, you again. Buy whatever you want. I'm going to help you out. Nice. So, but again, even with RA, being consistent and being friendly and talking. And I, I get it. As a reseller, I, I know a lot of us, and not me, but I know a lot of resellers are introverted and they, know, they don't like getting out there. They don't like talking to people. But even just saying, hey, how's it going? How are you? Like, think about it. <laughs> I'm sure there's not a lot of friendly people that are walking to that thrift store. But if you're able to be that small that day and that makes their hour go by faster, they're going to be more willing to help you out. So, and do you remember that one time we went to a thrift store in a, um, it's, it's in the same area where the Salvation Army is? Yeah. In that town, right? Remember when we walked in, we were shooting a video. And right away, one of the managers goes, hey, I remember you from the store over here. I used to be a manager, blah, blah. And sure enough, I was able to work out deals right there the moment I walked in. So you never know. You know, I always say, tell people this is good advice in life. This is from our uh, Dale Carnegie book about how to win friends and influence people. Never burn bridges. That's right. So anyway, do you have you don't have a store right now you're working on, right? Getting to consistency on certain stores. Yeah. It's kind of hard, huh? Yeah, man. Just thrift stores have been really tough just because, um, you know, I'm not I, I, my schedule, the way it's set up right now, I'm, I'm kind of home more. And so I was driving into work and now I'm not driving into work quite as much. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just not traveling. And it, it's really difficult for me to justify the drive when it's, you know, I don't have a lot of time. So it's like I've only got an hour by the time I drive into town where there's some thrift stores. I'm going to have a chance to get to one and that, that's just not enough. Right? Like, so I need yeah. to make a day out of it. And so when I have that free time, so whether it's maybe a Saturday, if garage sales aren't hot that day, uh, then this is the day I'm going to do four hours of, of, of thrift stores. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I tend to find much more success when I, when I'm doing that. The hard part though, is, uh, when, when thrift stores are hit, man, I, I oftentimes will fill my car up and then it's, uh, it's a few days of, uh, of, of listing and <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good thing. Now, the other thing I wanted to say, you, you're thinking about just being friendly with employees, other resellers, which is really tough to do. But if you're there consistent, like I, I know, I know certain stores and, and actually I got a guy right now, we exchange phone numbers. 
he sources stuff that I would never source and I source stuff that he would never source. And so he'll be at a store and he'll send me a text. He's like, Hey, Orlando, I saw these. I don't care for these. You know, you can come pick them up over here. I'll actually, and it, and you know, it's close by to where I live where he, he can, he'll be, he'll even sometimes go, Hey, I'll just hang out here for a little bit. I'll put in my car. When you show up, it's all yours. Right. And I, and I return the favor. I pay it forward the next time. Right. There's others. I just ran into somebody, uh, a few days ago, we just talked about this. I just showed this on Instagram where he was a bookseller. Right. And so I, I don't really sell a lot of books, but we, we got to talking and he knows what I'm looking for. And so if I ever come across good stuff, you know, I made contact and say, Hey, here are some books, but here's the thing. That person decided to be friendly, reach out to me say, Hey, you're along for your podcast. How's it going? Great to meet you. And we struck up a conversation and there you go. Like I have somebody, I mean, many of you who listen have hit me up, you know, you see me at thrift store, you seen what I thrift and you said, Hey, Orlando, I don't pick this stuff up. I don't even know what to do with this, but here's something you may want to come across. And so develop that network. I know it's sometimes we get this, this idea in reselling that it's all about competition and it is <laughs> to a certain point, right? As far as, you know, on eBay, you are competing against other sellers and on Amazon and so on. But when you're in the thrift and you notice that people are sourcing completely different items than you are, it's, it's okay. Now, if they're sourcing the same thing, eh, it might get a little bit complicated. I, I, you know, I, I do walk into stores and there's some people that I know some people right now that are hardcore Harley people and like, you know, we're friendly, but when we're in the store, we just don't talk, but we have an understanding like, Hey, this is the way it is. But always, always, always be friendly. Now, here's my question to you, Mike, when you walk into a thrift store, do you go to the exact same area first? And like, do you have like the same route within the store or do you just go hodgepodge when you're in there? Yeah. So it pretty much is a, 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 a route and, and I kind of, the route changes store to store. So I would okay. say typically it's like, all right, I'm going to hit shoes. I'm going to hit electronics. I'm going to hit hard goods and toys. And then I'm going to hit um, clothes after that. But some stores I walk into and I don't even look at the shoes 99% of the time and I'm going straight to toys and then I'm going to clothing and then I'm out. Right. So it, it really depends. Each store is a little bit different. Sometimes it's layout. Sometimes it's I just know what type of inventory they have. Uh, but yeah, typically my route would be, you know, check certain things, check the shoes, Check the check the hard goods and the electronics, check toys, maybe a little bit of clothes and then head out. And that that I like having that kind of uh, structure because uh, then it ensures that I'm not missing anything. And I go for the things that I kind of like first. Right. So that yeah. way, that way, if I do have to leave the store, you or, get that dopamine rush, too. Right. If you find stuff right away. So I strongly encourage you. I mean, if you're brand new, you know, Mike and I have have, have a whole episode about if you're new and you're going to a thrift store, research everything, right? Curiosity is a good thing. You're learning. But if you've been reselling for a little bit and you're still finding that you go into a thrift store and you're just like everything that you see, you're just looking up. I encourage you to be more focused and efficient. I could be wrong. I'm just sharing what I do now. But I'm I'm like Mike. Maybe that's why Mike doesn't like going to the same stores. So I go to shoes first. Like shoes to me is always a slam dunk. I'm usually I'm encouraged because I like shoes. Like if I find two pairs of shoes, I'm like, you know what? This is going to be good. I'm going to keep doing it. If I don't find anything, then I'm kind of like, blah. But there's one store I go to. I go I go shoes. Then I go to the short sleeve shirts. Then I go to the jackets. Then I go to the vests, and then after I go to the vest, I circle to the other side and I look at wallets 
Then I look at toys. Then I look at the hard goods and electronics. Then I look at the sewing kits. And then I try to look at Jersey Jersey's store, like he's out of Jersey's pretty quick. And then after that, I go to the boutique area and that's like my final stop. And then I leave. Right. But here's the reason why you do this. You do this because you're able, again, to spot patterns of what's there and what isn't there. Right. So you become very, I don't know, it's very good. The word you become, you're good. You're good at recognizing what is valuable in that area pretty quick. Right. You're not spending a whole time like going through everything like this one store. I go to the shoe racks and I don't have to pull out every single shoe from the shelf. I can just glaze over and I go, oh, yeah, I saw that last week. I saw that two two days ago, three days ago. Oh, here's something new. Had I not been there consistently at that store, consistently in the same area, I would not have noticed that. So, for example, when we interviewed Osborne to Thrift, he does electronics. So I'm pretty sure the stores he goes to, he knows what's been sitting there for a while. He knows what he doesn't have to research anymore. And he knows what's brand new. So I would say consistently plan a route, plan a route of where you're going to source. Because, again, time is super important, especially if you're full time. You don't want to spend a ton of time in a store because every minute that you're in there and you're not finding something, you are losing money. So makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Good stuff. So weird that we're talking about routes within a store. Yeah. Get your routes in. <laughs> okay. All right. And hey, I already mentioned uh, being friendly. Now let's talk about sourcing strategically. Now this is, this is going to be a little bit controversial. I want to hear your thoughts. I'm a believer that certain days you go to source and certain day, days you just go to research and you only source if it's a really good deal. Thoughts? Are you wasting time? I don't know. Um, I mean, I feel like you should always only be sourcing if it's a good deal. Okay. Right now, unless you're like really struggling and you need some stuff that that's, you know, you're maybe less likely to make a lot of profit on or it's going to sit for a while. So what I mean, building your knowledge base, do you think you should be building your knowledge base at the same time as you're sourcing or do you think it should be done on different days? Yeah, I think it should. I think it should be done the same same time. Okay. Uh, because I would I would say anytime you're in the store. You, you you should be trying to make money off the store and learning something along the way. Now, if you want to say, I'm going to dedicate a day where I'm specifically just going to spend a little longer in the store, I'm going to research more things. I normally looking at shoes. I normally don't look at pots and pans, but I'm going to research pots and pans and you want to take a day to do that. That's fine. But you should be doing that with the intention of, and I'm hoping to pick up some pots and pans. Okay. Right? Right, Not right, just like, yeah. I'm just going to go in and research. So I, I think, I think you should always be doing a little bit of research if you're seeing stuff you don't see. Um, but, but I guess I get what you're saying of like, if, if you already know shoes, you pretty much know all the shoes. And the only time you need to research is if it's like an extremely rare thing you've never seen before, then yeah, you might not go in saying like, and I'm going in to learn new things. I'm going to spend time researching. Whereas if you're saying, you know what, I've never sold pots and pans. I'm going to spend some time on this aisle. Yeah. Those, those are two different like intentions of going into a store. So I, I, I do see there being a difference there, but, uh. I mean, I guess if that's what you're trying to say. Yeah. So what I've been doing now, you know, this is my third year full time is I used to go, Hey, I'm just going to go to the store and I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to look at my normal route and then I'm going to research stuff. But what I find is this could just be me. Let us know in the comments, by the way, comments, 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 uh, you know, helps out in the algorithm is that when I've gone into a store with kind of lack of intention and purpose that, Hey, I'm just going to find whatever is going to make me money that I end up spending a lot of time not being resourceful that I could be actually at home listing 
and meeting my listing quota for the day instead of just spending time. I don't know this word. I'm not a fan of this word. Lollygagging, I guess, uh, throughout the store where right now I have two days a week where all I'm going to do is I'm going to source shoes. I'm going to source shirts and jackets and that's it. Like unless something like is right there in front of me and that I know is something that, you know, I probably should look up. I just, I don't, I'm blind to it. I'll just go in, I'll pick up everything. And within an hour, uh, I'll pick up, you know, probably five to 500 to a thousand dollars net profit of goods on a good day. And I'm out and I'll go home and I'll start working on that death pile and I'll start listing because if I get distracted, I may not pick up as many good things, especially when you go to the stores that are really busy and people are constantly going in and out of that store. You don't want to miss an opportunity. So I know it's a little controversial. I've been, I've been doing this more lately where I'm, I just go into certain stores on a couple of days a week. And all I will do is just source what I know and I won't look up other stuff. And then on the other days I'll go, hey, you know, on these days, I'm going to source what I know, but I'm going to spend a little more time seeing if there's different items to source. I guess I'm just, you know, I'm trying to get to 3000 listings <laughs> by summer and I'm not going to do that by spending time trying to, you know, research everything that I find. Does that makes sense. So I don't know. Let's know. Orlando, are you wrong? I want to know if I'm wrong. Let me know. All right. What about, do you buy stuff when it's not on sale? Yeah. Um, sale only matters. I try not to, I try not to, to be manipulated, right? Because <laughs> when you're buying something, really what you're looking at is what's the cost of goods? What is the gross profit I'm going to make on this? And what's the net profit I'm going to make on this, right? What's it going to cost to ship it? What's it going to cost time-wise, all of that. And if I see an item that is going to make me the profit margin I'm looking for, right? If I'm going to, if I'm going to triple or quadruple my money, or if I'm going to be able to turn $5 into $25 or $50 quickly, then I don't care whether that $5 is a sale item or not, right? And so if that's full price, absolutely going to buy it. And if it's on sale, sure, I'm going to buy it. Now, the the trap can be when you're like, all right, the store white tags are on sale. I'm only going to look at white tags. Ooh, here's a green tag. Oh, it says not on sale. I'm not going to really... Well, if that's the profitable item, pick it up, right? Because the white tag item might be less profit, but don't let yourself be manipulated and thinking I'm getting a deal. Therefore, I'm going to be able to make more money, right? Because what matters is how much you're going to be able to sell it for versus how much you buy it for, whether or not that mm -hmm. item's on sale. Uh, and I think that the sales can can be great, right? Like a lot of times it is the sale item where it's like, I wouldn't normally pay $10 for this, but because it's 50% off $5, now it's worth it for me to get. So there are times where the sale drives me to purchase something I wouldn't buy if it was full price, but it's a full price <laughs> item is, uh, is profitable. So you've been manipulated. You're saying, no, no, no. I'm okay. saying, I'm saying if it's, if I wouldn't pay $10 for it, okay. I'm only going to be able to sell for 25, Yeah, but it's on sale for 50% off. Okay. All right. Yeah. So if the sale brings it into the profitable range, ah, I see what I'm you're saying. It. Okay. Yeah. But good. if, if, if that doesn't matter, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. I just, I see, I hear a lot of resellers that go, I won't pay more than $5 for something. I won't pay for more for $10. I've even heard, re I've been at thrift stores and heard resellers, you know, yeah, that's not worth it, but I'm, I'm going to come back, you know, in two days. And so as soon as they leave, I'll just pick it up and I'll buy it just because he, here's the thing. You don't know when that item's going to be back, right? You might say, I want to wait for a sale day, but a thrift thrift is sketchy. Like you don't know. It could be gone within half hour. It could be gone within five minutes, right? I was at a Salvation Army a few weeks ago. There's a bunch of Del Mar Hawaiian shirts 
And they were, I think they were like seven bucks a piece. And then, you know, I heard the announcement like on Saturday, everything's a dollar. And so, you know, somebody approached me and goes, hey, maybe you should wait until Saturday and you can get these for a dollar. I'm like, well, no, because these shirts are going to sell for 50 to 60. I want to guarantee that I can make that profit because if I wait till Saturday and it's not there, <laughs> it doesn't matter if it was a dollar, I have nothing to sell anymore. So you got, you have to take action. And by the way, you're at the thrift. So the expectation is that the price is low enough that you're going to make profit. And here's the other thing. Usually thrift stores, at least the ones I know, there's some that don't function this way, but the ones I know, they'll put items on sale like any other retailer. They'll put items on sale that have not sold. And there is a reason why it's on, you know, on sale. And it's because they just haven't been able to move that merchandise and they want to move it. Right. So I find that on certain stores, most of the stuff that's on sale is trash. <laughs> you know, I could, I can use a nicer word, but it is just junk. You're, they they want to get rid of it. They want the people that are willing to buy something for a dollar and tell it for 10 to pick it up. Uh, you know, they, they, they're not looking for resellers to pick it up, but I find that most of the time, the items that I sell the make the most money on are items that were never on sale, right? Because there's less competition. And, and on top of that, the, the stores already researched it and they know that it's worth money and that's why the price is up and that's why it won't go on sale. So it may be worth taking a look at because it may be more profitable. You may pick up 10 items that you got like on a dollar a day and you're only going to make a hundred dollars or you may pick up an item that was $50 and sell it for 200 and it's worth more your time to pay the $50. And we'll talk about this later than pay the $10 to make a hundred dollars. It's just, it's, it's a simple math, but, and time. And so don't let, like Mike said, sales manipulate what you source, source what is good and profitable at the time that you're looking at it. All right. And this one, this is the one that Mike and I have both had had to learn and, and we're still learning is source what you'll list. <laughs> Because I'm telling you at the thrift store, you can find stuff all the time that is profitable, but will not be profitable because you won't listen. Now we've talked about VCRs and, and DVD players. Are there, are there new ones you've added to that list? I mean, pretty much just anything bulky that is got a, an on and off switch, right? Those make it hard or just bulky things. Um, I picked up, I picked up a while back. Some, let me see, they got them sitting up there. Some, still air incubators for uh, eggs right so if you want to hatch <laughs> if you want to hatch chickens and uh, i spend time testing them and they're just big items and honestly they need to go local and now that i'm thinking about it we're getting close to springtime it's now about time that i should be listing those but yeah there's certain things where it's like man they just take up so much space and you know i if, if i if i sell them and ship them i my profit margin is too low so i'm already planning on doing local and then, you know, if I've got to test it on top of that and then cleaning it. So, yeah, anything that that unless the profit is going to be huge, like if I'm going to make two or three hundred dollars profit off of something that needs a little bit of cleaning or it's going to take up a little bit of space, I'm fine with that. But if it's fifty dollar profit and I'm thinking, honestly, a good pair of shoes or a couple of good textbooks and I'm making the same amount. Yeah, I'm probably not going to pick up that thing. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I don't mind bulky items, but. Well, like to me, electronics that you have to test, I just, I just won't, I just won't pick them up. I mean, it, it depends how complicated, like I just sold a laser disc player for good money. So is it worth me spending 30 minutes? Yes. Like I will list that because I know I'm going to make, you know, two to $300 profit, 
based on, you know, how much it'll take to get it done. But at the same time, right. I have DVD players. I still have VCR I, tape decks. Tape decks used to be something I used to pick up all the time. Like, you know, like the boom boxes or, and uh, what is some of the, um, they're not boom boxes, but the ones that you hook up to a receiver. I don't know what they were, but you know, is there a name for those? Is it just tape deck? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. All right. So I used to pick those up all the time. I used to test them. I used to, you know, maybe try to fix them, but now I just, I just don't, there, I have no passion to do that. And so I have about, I think I have about uh, maybe eight of those that are sitting in storage that I just, I got them like a, for 10 bucks and they're, I could probably sell them for a hundred a piece. I just, I have no desire to list those because I can also pick up a jacket for 10 or 20 bucks. That is way easier for me to just list and ship. I can pick up, you know, any other kind of item at that time. So just cause you find that something is profitable. We talk about this with garage shows. This applies to everything. Just because it's profitable, if it's not something you're going to fully be invested in and make sure you list right away, I would definitely pass on it. And that sounds crazy, but I will tell you, if you watch some experienced resellers, they will tell you the way they got better at reselling was not spending time on items just because they're profitable, but spending time on items that they were passionate about and that they were willing uh, to list right away and sell right away and ship right away. So if you disagree, let us know in the comments. Interesting in your and, thoughts. And no, and no too, I think kind of along these same lines, um, and, and you're guilty of this, maybe a little more than I am. Yeah. But uh, sourcing things that could sell, but uh, and, and you're buying it with the intention of, you know, like I'm a reseller and I'm buying this, but you have a hard time letting it go. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so only source things that you're actually willing to list to. I mean, if you want to buy it for yourself, be honest about it. Right. Be honest. Like I'm I'm buying this for me and I'm not I'm not specifically talking about you and your Funko at this point. Oh, uh, yeah. But, uh, but hey, I, that Freddie Funko has gone up in Valley, by the way. If you don't get okay, real quick. If you don't know what we're talking about, I bought this Freddie Funko on liquidation from Toys R Us. It's been three years now, almost two and a half years. Paid a thousand. Do you know somebody found it on Facebook Marketplace for a hundred bucks? Really? Yeah, it was on social media. Anyways, the price now for one of those is twenty five hundred dollars. So if I hold on longer, maybe Diamond Hands, <laughs> it'll sell for ten k. So you never know. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one thing, but then I like it too much. Yeah. And, and, and so, yeah, again, that's, that's one example. But yeah. There's been other things that I've bought and it's like, it's hard to get rid of like maybe a book set or uh, a board game. Right. There's been times where it's like, Oh, but I kind of want to play this one and keep this one. And then it's like, do I list it? It might sell. What if it sells before I get a chance to play it? Right. So you got to be careful with what you're buying in that sense too. But the other thing that can be nice is maybe you don't know where to start or you want to start a new niche. Um, I was just randomly thinking, um, you know, It'd be kind of cool to get into ham radio, right? Mm. Like, there's been a couple of years I've looked into to possibly doing um, ham radio, and I haven't done it. Um, but if I'm going to do it, there's times when I'm at garage sales and I see somebody's got like you know police scanners or different ham radio equipment, and I don't know enough about it, so I just pass. But I'm like, man, why don't I just learn and then start doing local pickups on this kind of stuff? And if I want this to be a, a hobby that I possibly dabble in just make it part of my reselling. And then I can collect things as I go and then resell the stuff to make the hobby pay for itself. And you're learning as you go. So find things that you're interested in, uh, but they're actually willing to sell. Like don't do it if you're not going to sell it. I've got a couple of board games that, uh, that just, uh, they were bought with, uh, my, my business money. And I don't know if they'll ever be listed. Just, just saying. So, <laughs> no, that, that happens. I will say the longer you resell, the more you're, you're likely to keep things. 
right? Because if when you have a good amount of inventory, I think it's okay every once in a while. But but I, I agree. I agree because you're out there trying to make money. And if you get too attached, you might get attached to a lot of items. So, hey, I've only had like two or three items like that. So, so anyways, yeah. But again, source what you like. Clothing's another one. This is why my, my son right now, I'm teaching him how to resell. And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll pick up whatever. And like, you know, he's like, I'll, I'll do shirts and I'll do stuff. But every time we go into the thrift, he doesn't go look at shirts. Why? Cause he, I know he doesn't want to like picking up a shirt means you got to make sure that there's no flaws. You got to take measurements, right? You, you have to, you know, you know, notate what kind of material it is. I mean, there's a lot more work, right? Where I've noticed recently he likes picking up toys. Why? Because it interests him and, and, you know, it's, it's easier to understand. It's, it's a hard good. It's just, it's just different. And so I know that if he starts picking up clothes, he's going to end up with death piles. And I think one of the reasons a lot of resellers have death piles is because they pick up items that they don't want to list. Just throw it out there. So, all right. Hey, we're going to move on to more, but here's the thing. I had to get here early today because Mike's like, Hey, can we record earlier? And I only had one option to make myself look decent on my dome and it was school shaver. Um, you had other options, but yeah, that is true. Your best option. But there's only That's one true. good option at this time and it's school shaver. And so if you don't know what we're talking about, school shaver is this awesome device that allows you to shave your head in 90 seconds in the shower or outside the shower with shaving cream, without shaving cream, gets the job done. Also helps shave your face. And there's plenty of other products on schoolshaver.com. And so if you'd like to get a school shaver for yourself or a loved one or someone that, you know, you're like, Hey, this guy would look really awesome bald. Go to SkullShaver.com, use our promo code PURE, that's P-U-R-E, and you'll get a discount. And you'll also be helping out Pure's podcast. That's right. And you can have yourself a pure head, pure bald head. <laughs> All promo right. code PURE. <laughs> I don't even know how to follow up with that. All right. I'm just thinking what a pure head looks like. Is it like just nice and clean? No, it's not been contaminated with hair. Oh, just, contaminated. Okay. All right. <laughs> Okay. Hey, also, by the way, along with that, you could also feel even better because you are helping out Pure Hustle Podcast with buymeacoffee.com slash Pure Hustle. What that means, you go to that link down below on our YouTube or you go to that website or you go through the link in our bio and you sign up for a membership to help support Pure Hustle Podcast for less than a dollar an episode. Well, now it's going to be a little bit more than a dollar episode because we're going to once a week now, but we're pumping out YouTube videos twice a week. And so it's going to be part of the process of helping us do Pure Hustle Plus when we eventually get there. This is why we're doing all these things. We want to be able to provide more content at the most in the most efficient way, which ends up, you know, helping us out, too, because buymeacoffee.com slash Pure Hustle. When you sign up for those and you when you put in dollars, it gives us the freedom to function more as creators than resellers. And, and the, I think the issue that Mike and I both are having is, well, we have families. <laughs> Mike's teaches full-time and I'm a full-time reseller. Right. And so as much as I would like to say that 90% of our revenue comes from being content creators, it's more like 10%. Sometimes it's like 
One percent. One percent. And so this is why we established buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. So if you'd like to help us out again, please sign up below. Also, if you want to follow us on social media, we are pure. So podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are pure hustle cast on clubhouse and Twitter. You can give us a call. 619-738-1170. 619-738-1170. If you ever have any tips, I mean, give us a call. Let us know. We'd love to play it on the air. If it applies to our episode, you can always shoot us an email at pure podcast at gmail.com it's pure so podcast at gmail.com and as always we are on youtube and we're going to be pumping out more videos so if you haven't had a chance yet please go over there hit that subscribe and hit that bell notification so you know when we're dropping those new videos in this march madness of media and last of all thank you to all of you that continue to help us out by writing reviews and just positive reviews not just you know putting the five stars some of you have taken the time and you've written very eloquent very poignant is that the right word there yeah <laughs> and uh and real because here's the thing it's like yelp right when i go to yelp i don't read the just the person that put five stars and said thank you right i read the one that tells me like what i want to know like what is the store about what can i expect what are the prices and a lot of you appreciate everyone that's done the five stars and also appreciate people have, who have taken the time to write us great reviews so i i'm happy with the one from little chicken who just said love the podcast yeah little chicken i mean that's good short and to the point and then we got here from uh, i want to read one more from mrs half pint nice little chicken and miss half pint man these are the, these are the best <laughs> names i've ever heard I, in my life i do and i love i love the title here get your reselling phd from the ellipse dot 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 it's probably php no. Oh, maybe. Oh, maybe. It's probably a longer Get your PhD you from PHP. Man, we're taking that. Get your reselling PhD from PHP. Now you know me. PHP University. <laughs> we're starting that. All right. Coming soon. So it said, just finished binging all episodes and finally caught up a couple of weeks ago. Wow. That's intense. By the way, we, we, we have over a million listens and we appreciate all of you that tune in. A million downloads. We've had it for a little bit, but we thought we'd finally share. Um, incredible amount of practical real world free reselling advice. Agreed. After listening to over 226 episodes and a number of YouTube videos, these guys are like family. Wow, that's really nice. Everything from bolos to level up reviews. By the way, taking a break doesn't mean they're gone. Just taking a break for now. To update episodes, to hustle the week, and even conspiracy episodes. We haven't done one in a while. It's once a year, so we're due for one eventually. Are relevant and educational. You may not always agree with everything these fellas say, but you can't argue that they are real. We leave every episode with some nugget of wisdom or knowledge. If you're starting out reselling and can only choose one source, Pure Hustle Podcast should be it for honest and relevant info. And then uh, <laughs> this is half fun. Asked that we make the first 400 and you are into the 400 and now moving on to the 500 club. Right. So right. we're at 406. So thank you guys for your reviews. All right. It's time for our next incredible segment. I love this segment. Yes. Love celebrating the wins. This is one of everybody's favorites. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. Hustle of the week. Here we go. Our first one comes from Greg. IG handle at Greg underscore Rocky underscore Mountain underscore Resale. Uh, so he's always in the YouTube comments. We love that. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, I love when uh, there's like a it's like a different 
community, right? Like we've got our communities on each social media and the people who are on our YouTube, man, I love it. Like there's comments we get sometimes like some of the best information I crack get me up sometimes come from the YouTube comments. So thank you guys. Uh, so you picked up a plush uh, at the bins for about <laughs> 75 cents. Okay. Based on the weight. So sometimes the bin. We, we don't know what that weight. is because, you know, our bins here isn't by weight. It's not. Yeah. No. It literally, you go and they charge you per item. Yeah. And uh, not great here. But um, so consulted some other resellers and collector groups. That's when you know, and it's like, all right, I, I need to do some consulting here. So we listed it for 300 and got a best offer. And so it was a vintage Rushton Bear crying red plush. Sold it on Mercari in an hour for an offer of $250. So seventy-five cent plush at the bins, which means if it got to the bins, man, this has probably been sitting in a thrift store for a while. Maybe it depends. Some stores just go straight to the straight bins. To bins. Well, either way, a seventy-five cent plush, two hundred and fifty dollars. And again, Bolo guys, be out there looking for Rushton Bear, uh, crying red plush. Now I wanted I I de- I messaged him because I wanted to know like did he get into Facebook groups like how did he come across the collectors. And I thought this was a great tip because some of us think about Facebook groups and so on, or we think about discords, but he just said, I'll just read his comment. So this is Greg, Greg underscore Rocky underscore mountain underscore resell said, haha, I'm watching episode 229 as we speak. Thank you, by the way. So I couldn't find much on YouTube. So I searched the hashtag rushed in on IG and found several people who are more than willing to answer all my questions. So reaching out. Also joined a couple of rushed in Facebook groups. But by the time I was accepted into the groups, the Instagram community and giving me enough information, even if there hadn't been a tag, I didn't know this was a rushed in. I was able to find plenty of information by searching the hashtag rubber face plush or crime plush made me realize how useful Instagram could be when trying to research. That's genius. So if you haven't gone down that road of of hashtags, I mean, this is why we hashtag everything so people can find things. By the way, hashtag hustle of the week is where we find these. It's the hustle. So if you're a new reseller, you're like, hey, how do I get on the hustle of the week? Hashtag hustle of the week in your post on Instagram and we'll look for you. So thank you so much, Greg. All right. This comes from Brandon. IG handle the underscore real the. (laughs) I knew I'd fumble this. Sorry, Brandon. All right, Brandon. IG handle the underscore real underscore BF Goodrich went to a sheriff ranch thrift store in rural Florida. And after going throughout the store, decided to go to the boutique area and saw there was an almost overflowing cart of Lenovo M73 Think Center's mini desktops. Have you seen those? Mm-hmm. They're like these just, just small desktops. I mean, obviously you need a monitor with them, but just, you know, it's like a brick uh, for a dollar each. Threw his other finds over the cart. Very smart. <laughs> like if you find something that's gold, I wanted to share this one because this is directly related to what we're talking about. I mean, decided to still go to the thrift, uh, go to the boutique. This is our next section. We're going to talk about being outside the box. There's still stuff in the boutique area. Good strategy is cover up your goods. I'm telling you, I've had people take stuff out of my cart. Have you had that happen to you yet? Um, I don't, I don't think so. Oh man. I've had, I had one guy, he took out two pairs of shoes out of my car, was walking away and I went up to him and said, Hey, um, I was playing dumb. I'm like, Hey, by the way, is that your card over there? He's like, nah, man, I just saw these sitting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I know. Cause that, that was my cart. Can, can I get those back? Like, Oh bro, I'm so sorry, man. It means I'm like, yeah, you didn't. So, you know, it's the go to help sometimes. I'm sure that that brought a level of maybe. 
of fear, maybe a little bit. I, I mean, if the guy was taller than me, it probably wouldn't have mattered, but he was a, you know, I was a larger dude. All right. Okay. But I got my shoes back. So it was a hundred dollars. I made a profit of a hundred dollars in those two shoes. All right. Anyways, back to the story. So Brandon picks these up, cashes them out, buys 87 of them at a dollar each, listed them on eBay as lots of four since they didn't have RAM and were untested. Very smart way to go. Very smart. I mean, you're moving inventory, you know, untested. I'm teaching my son right now. He has two items that he's listed. He sold one of them untested for parts and he still made a profit. Sold one lot for $168.95. Okay. Remember he paid $87 for all of these plus sex. So two lots for $240 and then 17 lots for a total of $2,899.15. So he turned that $90 into 3K. Again, you never know. You never know. The thrift is not dead. Is it more difficult? Yes, it is. I mean, I can't think of the last time I picked up something at the thrift that I made several thousand dollars on. I mean, there's a lot of resellers I can say I've never picked up that much at one time, right? But there's always that one time that you'll remember. So, Brandon, thank you so much for sharing that with us. It's good stuff. Our next one comes from Stephanie, IG handle at Stephanie Fusion. So picked up a pair of two Winnie the Pooh garden statues. I uh, found them on Mar uh, Facebook Marketplace and paid $10 total. One of them was a Tigger and the other one was a Winnie the Pooh. Uh, and the statues are 20 years old. So these are like vintage old school statues. And uh, they're pretty rare, but they were in great condition. Um, and she listed them on eBay, sold one of them for $118 and the other for $120. So you figure $5 each, one for $118, one for $120. I just am interested, uh, are you like a Winnie the Pooh? Like, is this something you already know? Like, is this your niche? Or were you just like, you found and you're like, hey, I think these might sell for something. Because that's that's one of those things that I might research at a garage sale, but I don't know if I'd look, you know. But again, if you're seeing things on eBay that sell, that's not a bad idea is to say like, huh, that's an interesting thing that I've, you know, see the sell. Now I know something to look up on Facebook Marketplace because you might find similar stuff. So uh, great job, Stephanie. Um, I, I will probably I just actually sold a Winnie the Pooh lamp not too long ago. Nice. Not for that much money, only for like 40 or 50 bucks. But uh, anything like that is definitely going to happen. How much did you pick it up for, though? Uh, I think like 250 or something like that. So That's still a win. Yeah, but man, sh shipping lamps. Oh, it just days. wasn't worth it. Yeah, they're just so big. Right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. They're hard. To did you pack it separately? Um. Yeah, we floated it separately, okay. but it just takes a bigger box, right? Because then you have to have the lamp and the shade. And one of our YouTube videos might be how to float a box. Ooh, I like that. So, yeah. so I I wanted to share Stephanie's score here, uh, Stephanie F uh, Fusen on Instagram, because I do not like knickknacks. Like at the thrift, like I, I look at the knickknack area and I'm just overwhelmed. Like I I don't even know what to look like. Do you look through the knickknacks? Yeah, sometimes. Okay, yeah. So. I had a lot of respect when I saw this. I was like, this is great. Need to share because these were mini garden statues. So great job. All right. What about your, my house of the week's going to be vague. I'm just throwing it out there. So I want to hear yours first. No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I have to be vague because this is Orlando's personal bolo. And here's, here's what's happened. Okay. And let me explain why I'm vague. So, so what I've recognized and some of you have caught on is as we got more of a following, we have a lot of, and, and we love everybody in San Diego, but what happens is when I share stuff on Instagram or I share stuff on YouTube, all the resellers in San Diego put their safe searches to those items. 
and I'm creating my own competition, right? So our goal of the podcast has always been is to teach people how to do things, not exactly just say, hey, pick this up every single time and you're going to make a lot of money. Now, we may do some what's holds in the future, right? Just because, hey, people like to know and and it's it's different, but I don't want to create some self-competition. And this is why. Let me explain to you why. So I went to the thrift the other day. I hadn't seen one of these in a while. I mean, I might not even share this with Mike. So be aware. Okay. Picked it up for $10. Actually, I was going to post this on Instagram and I held back. And this is why. And a lot of you are going to be like, why are you sharing this, Orlando? So I'm not sharing you what the item is. I'm sharing you what you should do to maximize your profits when this happens. So I find this item, $10. I look up the comps. It's like $100 plus. And they're selling consistently. So I pick it up. While I'm in line at the thrift, I'm like, huh, I wonder if there's any more of these in San Diego. So I go local. I search up. Sure enough, I find another one for $15. While I'm in line at the thrift, I send an offer. The person responds. Hey, I'm like 20 minutes away. I'm like, hey, I can be there in 20 minutes. Pick it up. I go over there. I pick the same up. So I have two of the same item that I just found at the thrift. I list both of those items within 24 hours of each sell for a hundred dollars each. Nice. Right. So now my safe search is for that item. Right. And if I were to share this right now, all it would take is 10 other people to do the same thing and I'm out. Right. So I hope you guys understand. And if, if, and if, and if you're not happy with me, let me know in the comments, but I think we all as resellers understand, but here's the thing. If you go to the thrift and you find something that's really good, put a safe search on your Facebook marketplace, on your offer up. Uh, there's ways you can do it on Craigslist. So then whenever that item shows up, you have another bolo that you can constantly, so you don't even have to go searching for this. It's going to come to you. And now you have your bolos on your safe searches on your local deals. So hopefully that was helpful. That was my hustle of the week. It turned $25 into $200 plus within 24 hours. I like it. All right. So mine, um, you might remember these and these are, I think a, a different system than the one you use. I think these specifically were for like some kind of a smart board or something. But do you remember when you were a teacher, you had a parent donate uh, some, some things for students to be able to like do jeopardy stuff. Yeah. The clickers. Yeah. yeah. So there, those are great. Ones can be relatively expensive for these kind of systems. Well, I'm at this garage sale the other day and uh, there were these two like padded cases, like big cases that were padded and, and I'm looking at them and before I even open them, because I was kind of chatting with the guy at the garage sale and I'm, I'm picking up a ton of great stuff from this uh, garage sale. And I kind of just ask them what's in the cases, right? Because I'm already having like these kind of, you know, conversations with them. And he just starts laughing and he's like, well, and he starts to explain it. And as I'm opening it up, looking, I see literally like a just 40 of these. They look like remotes. Okay. Right? And I'm like, what are these? And oh yeah. Sure enough, they're like they're, they're they're like clickers that you can like students, you can hand each one to a student. There's a thing that plugs into the teacher's computer and they can send responses. They can type responses. There's different things like that. Well, I look up on eBay and these, this case, the full case and the 40 of them, it's actually only selling for like $50. Hmm. Like, oh, okay, like this isn't really as much money as I would think. Uh, but there's a second case. And so I'm assuming both cases are the same, right? So I'm like, well, how much are, are the cases? Because if I could pick up two, you know, I can make a hundred bucks. And he's like, well, $20 each. I'm like, oh, it's just not a lot of money there. 
So I open up the other one. I see there's different. Like it's like a di- it's 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 the same company, but there's different types of of like receivers or different types of the devices the students would use to input their answers. And so as I'm looking up these different ones, the the second case had like three different ones in it. Uh, one of the the devices, there's ten of them, and they're selling for anywhere from ten to fifteen dollars each. And then the other con- uh, controllers, there's a, another one that has different buttons on it. And there's like 10 of those and they're selling for like five to $10 a piece. And so I'm like, all right, like there's, there's some money here. Mm-hmm. Like I can, but only one of the cases, like the other case, I'm like, if I pay $20 for this case and I can only sell it for like 40 or 50 bucks, it's just not really that great. So I'm like, but this box over here, I could probably part it out and make like 150, 200 bucks on. So I'm like, um, yeah, uh, would you do 15 for this case? And he's like, yeah, I could do 15 for the case. So I get him down to 15 on the case. And as I'm leaving, he's like, you know what? Like, you're already taking the one case. Just have the other case. Nice. So basically, the other case, which I'm going to be able to sell for, you know, 40 or 50 bucks, I got for free, not only covers and is profit, but it, it more than covers for the case where I'm going to make like 150 to $200 on. So that's like the deal when like, I mean, it's obviously good when you could buy. We, we, we sometimes think like the one item can pay for the rest of the lot. But it's great when the one item that pays for the rest of the lot was free. Oh yeah, it's, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I agree. It's good. So, uh, so yeah, it was a it was a good it was a good haul, and I got a lot actually a lot of things from that uh, garage sale. Next time we do an update episode, I'll, I'll, I want to talk about it because I got some great stuff. That we had a great garage sale weekend. Yeah. So, but um, th- that's kind of cool. And if nothing else, um, especially the case where I part out all the pieces, I like the the cases like thick and foam and there's like slides where you can stick stuff like it's a great case like i might be able to use it for something else so uh it was a it was a win so hustle of the week because i got a good deal i talked him down i got something thrown in for free and uh it was it was cool so let me let me add to your tip because as, and let me add the educator side of it. So I use those things all the time. That's why Mike brought it up. I actually had families that like donated money for me to buy those because it was such a hit with all my students. And he, here's the thing. Look all of them up. And this is why. So there was at one time there was a wireless one that I used to pick up when I bought it brand new. It was one hundred and eighty dollars. Since then, it's gained in popularity and it's four hundred dollars brand new. OK, so. If you can find it used, teachers are looking for it all the time. I would have teachers that would like smash. I mean, students that would smash the buttons or whatever, and it would break. And I'm like, I don't want to go buy a whole new set. I'd rather just buy replacements. Mm -hmm. And so I would just buy the replacements. The other thing is you might think, well, if this is wired, that's old technology. Nobody wants it. Not true. I prefer wired ones right now because I find that the wireless, the lag time is too great. Or sometimes you can use cell phones or like buzzers or like there's this thing called cahoots that teachers like to use. But the response, you know, you get into an environment when there's like 20 to 30 people using cell phones, it doesn't work really great. So people would rather have a clicker that's reliable, that's wired because, you know, there's nothing breaking up and the ability for people to respond faster. And so think about all these things. Don't disregard something and go, oh, that's old technology, blah, blah, blah. They are teachers. Remember, teacher budgets, depending on what kind of school they go to or they work at, they, they vary, right? So not everybody has the money to buy the $400 wireless, you know, clicker response set. They may only have $100 or they may have a department chair that's stingy that doesn't want to drop that money, which I never was. But, you know, they have to be, you know, resourceful. So that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a hustle and a bull of the week. Thank you, Mike. 
So, all right, let's get back to our, let's talk about our last few points here about thrift stores. All right. Here's the, here's the thing. Once you do the first two, then you can start thinking outside of the box, right? To win. All right. So eventually when you learn patterns, then you begin to go to certain stores just for specific things. Like I talked about before, like, do you have certain stores that, you know, I'm going to go here for just this, or are you still kind of. Yeah, no, like, for sure. There's certain stores that are better for toys and there's certain stores that I know I'm going to go to for shoes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like there are certain stores that I will go for books. Like I'm ready. I'm going to take my scanner with me. I'm ready to go. And then when I go to certain stores, I'm like, I'm not even going to waste my time. There are certain stores that have electronics that are just trash, like all the time. Right. So when I go there now, you might disagree, but I will not waste my time going through the electronics section. I will just spend my time in the clothing and I know that their shoes are trash. So I'm not even going to spend time in shoes. For example, there's parts of LA, there's stores in LA where their shoes are garbage all the time. So I will not look at shoes and maybe I'm losing out, but I'm making the most efficient use of my time. And then at the same time, you know, you also understand like there are certain stores that are more, I would say better about soft goods, you know, like clothing. And there's other stores that are better about hard goods or they have better prices. Right. So you got, you got to weigh the two. So again, this, this kind of ties into step one about consistency. Like you have to be consistent to be able to do that. Now you had just talked about lots. Now, do you ever look at the bags inside thrift stores and think about how you can lot things up and sell them as lots? You mean like the bags that hang on the wall? Yeah. I usually don't do those, huh? Okay. So I would say start looking at those, right? In the sense of you may, sometimes some stores, they'll get like somebody will donate, I don't know, let's throw it out there, a hundred WWE action figures and they might break it up into 20 bags, right? And then within those 20 bags, they might throw some, you know, cars, Lightning McQueens in there or whatever. It depends, right? And so you might be thinking it's not worth my time. It's not worth it. But, you know, you'll see, I see this all the time on, on Instagram where people will pick up lots of toys from Star Wars or they'll pick up bags of like different poly pockets and they'll put them together. Right. Actually cosmic deal. Heather just posted this. This is what reminded me of this, not Hunter Heather. <laughs> and I follow her on Instagram. Great tips. Actually there's a hustle a week. I also was going to share that she had, but we'll wait for that. And, uh, you know, they're, they're able to pick up multiple bags and then they lot up. So they'll buy three bags for $4 a piece. And if they just picked up one bag, there might be $20 profit. But if they put all three bags of the contents together and they lot them all up, they may be able to sell all three bags together for over a hundred bucks, right? So you, you have to be able to lot things differently. Nerf guns. Nerf guns is another one. I go to thrift stores. I'm learning this. My son, again, my son likes to look at Nerf guns and one Nerf gun by itself within the thrift store might not be worth it. But if you find five different Nerf guns and they don't have to be the same model. Right. Sometimes people are looking for their kids. Like they just want to buy Nerf guns. I mean, have you now your kid is your is your son playing Nerf guns yet? Is he old enough? Um he we still need to cock it for him. So uh, uh it's not fun. Oh yeah. Once no, no, no. He learns to cock it on his own, he's free to nerf as much yeah, as Yeah, pulling wants. back, pulling yeah, that every, stab. every time he has to bring it to me, cock it again. And it's like that was literally uh, a second ago. Don't I do not miss again. those days. I remember those days. Or they get angry because they yeah. can and then there's a meltdown, and you're like, No, why did I buy this? So here. I just got him a punching bag though. He is liking that. Oh, there you go, there you go. So for example, what I, what I do all the time is 
with my son, we literally have an arsenal. Like we have probably like 50, not not 50, maybe like 30 to 50 Nerf guns all thrifted. Right. And sometimes with those Nerf guns, I'll put them in a lot of three or four and they'll sell. So think about lots when you go into thrift stores, right? Or you may be able, sometimes people donate for the same shirt. So they may not be really expensive shirts. Let's say they're Patagonia shirts, right? They're not, you know, there isn't anything special about them, but somebody has donated four XLs. You can buy all four separately and you're not going to make a lot of money. But if you put them into a lot, somebody's like, Hey, I get my shopping done at one time. Maybe it's worth picking up. So again, thinking about going outside the box when you're thrifting in a thrift store, thrifting sourcing in a thrift store. All right. What about paying up? You have any paying up stories? Um, yeah, I'm sure I have plenty actually. I mean, it's again, it goes back at the thrift. Yeah. At the thrift, Uh, it goes back to that idea of what's the total profit going to be. Um, and so, yeah, you, you can't go into it thinking I will only pay $5 for shoes or only pay $10 for shoes. Cause yeah, sometimes you see shoes at a thrift store and they want $20 for a pair of shoes that, that used on eBay are going to sell for 15, right? Mm -hmm, Like, it's mm -hmm. just like, this is obnoxious. Of course, I'm not going to pay this much. Uh, but if you're, if you're buying something that's worth it, if you're, if you see a pair of shoes that you can sell for 200 and you have to pay 40 for it, it's like, all right, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so it's a mindset yeah, change. You can't set an arbitrary number as far as like, this is the most I'll pay for an item. Um, you're going to pay what is going to make you profit. Now the, the, the flip side to that, I've definitely paid up, um, getting like lots of items as far as like, uh, I was at a thrift store one time and they had like new tag, like workout women's shirts. Right. And it was from like a, a unique brand from like, um, uh, is like a Swedish brand or something. I don't know. And they wouldn't go down on price and I wanted to buy all of them. So I bought like 30 of these, these shirts and they were like $8 or $9 each. Right. And mm-hmm. like for a, a, a one piece of clothing at a thrift store like that, that's, that's a little bit of money and <laughs> buying like a whole bunch of them. But I know I'm going to get like 30 or $40 each. And the nice thing is they're new with tags and there's only four styles, right? So I only have to take four pictures and four listings and I'm, I'm good to go. I and mean, I've got multiples of each of these. So it's worth it, even if it's like, all right, I, I normally wouldn't necessarily be super excited about paying $10 for a shirt that I'm only going to make 30 for. Right. Because it's like, OK, there's there's money there. I'm, I'm happy with that occasionally. And but if I can pay $10 for a shirt that I can make 34, but I'm one listing gets me 10 quantity. I'm much more likely to, to, to pay up because the ease of time. And then I'm not having to source 10 more of these things in the store, random stuff. I can just get it all done at one time. So that's another time. Sometimes you pay up because the, you're going to get more profit. Sometimes you pay up because it's going to be easier. You're willing to pay up because you're going to hire quantity of them. Maybe your listings are going to be easier. Maybe it's an item that's going to sell faster. So there's multiple reasons why you would potentially pay up. Yeah. Again, I find two reasons to pay up. Like Mike said, the obvious one is, Hey, if you're going to make a profit on it, you're better off. I mean, again, I always say I would rather pay $50 for something that I'll sell for 200 than pay, you know, barely anything. And it's going to require a lot more packing item after item after item. The other thing is if, and this is going to sound kind of weird, but if you are known at a thrift store to be able to pay good money for items, managers will be more willing to work with you. So I have certain thrift stores that they'll post stuff and they're not going to get, you know, normal everyday people going in there and saying, Hey, I'm going to pay this much. Right. Cause let's be real. These thrift stores that are charging a lot for items, they're not charging it 
for the common public. They're doing it for resellers because they know a reseller will pay. Right. And so what happens is what I've done before is I've paid up sometimes. Like there was something, you know, I remember one time there was a, a Disney, I know not a Disney. There was a um, Tommy Bahama. It was like a Boston Red Sox embroidered, you know, Chicago Cubs embroidered jacket. And it was $80 and I could flip it for about 200 to 240 dollars And $80 was, it wasn't like, I, I didn't want to spend $80, but you know, I knew that the manager was there and I asked the manager, Hey, say, Hey, listen, I'm willing, I, I want to buy this. It, it Can we work on the price? And he said, no, I'm like, Hey, I'll buy this. But in the future, if there's anything that you have something like this, maybe we could work on the price. Can you contact me before you put it on the sales floor? you know, hit me up, let me know. And sure enough, after that, me and, and myself and that, me and myself, myself and that manager have a great re- relationship. He'll text me if he finds anything good. Or when I go to the store, he'll, he'll go, Hey, Orlando, this is what I got. And so sometimes it's worth paying up because if, if managers know you're willing to drop money, they're going to be willing to make a better deal. Cause they know that you're going to be consistently out there paying for stuff. So doesn't hurt to think outside the box and pay up. I know you're at a thrift store, but if the profit's there, it's definitely worth doing. So, yeah. all right. Well, hopefully all these tips helped you. You can still win at the thrift store. There's a lot of money to be made. And if anything, the hustle of the week will hopefully help you make plenty of hustle of the week. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Please. Peace.